Table, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, DP Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. Viewers, please like this video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Listeners, rate, review on your podcatcher of choice. Five stars only, like Chiefs legend Eric Berry. If you did not listen to the recap show or Breaking the Boxes, then you might not know that the collective were a perfect 5-0 and in Circus Sports Million last week, which is the beginning of a new quarter, which is a five-week quarter. So we are drawing live. It is very early, but we are drawing live towards a six-figure prize. And of course, the better we do in this second quarter, the more we can stack points and perhaps get into the money and compete for even bigger money at the end of the season. I am very disappointed to see our good friend Mo Nuara sitting in front of me because, Mo, that means you've just dusted off two shells playing poker in what you named the greatest poker tournament in the Midwest. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's going to be as good as usual right now because stupid poker tours scheduled against each other. Um, so it might be a little smaller, but yeah, this one has like 300k for first, where most of the stuff I'm playing is usually around like 100 to 150. So, uh, yeah, this is an amazing event, but not off to a good start. But it's all good. I mean, I had I regged with dust multiple times and got punished for it. What tournament is this? This is MSPT in Michigan. Oh, I thought Choctaw very, very, was like very by far tournament. the biggest. I mean, Choctaw is, first of all, not the Midwest. I was going to say, second is of Oklahoma all, the Midwest? We're about to have a... Uh... <laughs> yeah, second of all... That's for sure the Midwest. I'd rather this tournament's better than that one, I think, but <laughs> that one's it's good, definitely, too. It's definitely... I would say Oklahoma's more Midwest than Michigan. Michigan is, is yeah. mid-north. <laughs> Culturally, Oklahoma's in the South. Yeah, he's right about that. The South is like this, and Michigan's in Canada. Reverse L. (laughs) DP's coming to us from something poker from the Poker Go Studio. Had to step out to record a podcast and give us some takes. Where the goat listener, the guy who I don't know if he'll be listening to this while he's playing later on tonight or on his drive home. ODB is grinding in the Poker Go Studio. He is. He uh. He needs to make something happen. He hasn't been he hasn't been too hot lately, so you know he needs to get out there and make something happen. Hopefully he was he's hot listening last to Sunday this later. in the NFL. Yeah, he in the was. NFL, but you know, not in poker. Our uh, our good friend Laird was also five and zero in circa last week, so he is tied with us. ODB has a couple of five and zeros, so the good guys getting some dubs, and this. Maybe my preamble this week is a bit longer than normal because this is a, a weird show. I don't even know what to do, guys. I don't know what to do with my hands because this is an unprecedented episode of Gridiron Gamble where there are zero lone wolves. Zero. We Did have, you look back through the archives and figure out if this ever happened before? I can I can give it a look, but I just I don't I don't think this has ever happened before. No way. That, <laughs> and, that's and the second the second first this season. I had the all favorite, all favorite card. card. <laughs> now we have the zero long wolf card. I have card. to check. I don't know. 2015 Donnie might have had consecutive weeks that's with all favorite cards. The greatest thing ever. <laughs> but yeah, 10 wow. consensus picks 
four split games. So this is how we're going to do it. We're going to start with the split games, as always, four games. And then we're going to go through every consensus pick that's not on the card. And then we will reveal the card. And during that consensus segment, I'm always going to start with the person that's lowest on it to try to get their fear and try to figure out why that game, while being a consensus, did not make the card. But we'll start with split games, and it's Niners at Browns. We've got the Browns coming off the bye, but this Deshaun Watson situation is getting quite strange. While he was medically cleared to play way back in week four, he just chose not to. Comes out of the bye, doesn't look like he's going to play again, hasn't practiced this week. The Browns don't look like they're going to go back to DTR. It's going to be something PJ Walker, XFL legend, Brett's favorite player in the entire NFL. And ho-hum, there he is on PJ Walker and them Browns. Lead us off. I should talk about the line as well. Three-point look ahead, opens three, and it has just flown past a touchdown. It's seven and a half in circuit. It's already up to eight and a half in real life. I said in the group chat, if this is DTR, it needs to be 10. So PJ is definitely an upgrade over DTR because I don't think he's a professional quarterback. But yeah, take it away, Brett. Yeah, how much? Uh, how, how much more is PJ Walker worth than DTR? I, I don't know. And, and, and PJ Walker has little to do with my cap here because this could close. I mean, could this get up to nine, even higher maybe? But What's stopping it? St- <laughs> what is stopping this from climbing? The weather? I mean, at some point you're going to have, people are going to buy, like sharps are going to buy back. Like, there's, I, I just can't, I can't see this getting to 10. Uh, but we're looking at seven and a half in the contest. And I'm putting this at the bottom of my card because I trust that this defense can put up a fight in lousy weather conditions, especially against a quarterback who really has not been thrown into many tough situations in his young career. And don't get me wrong. Brock Purdy has been fantastic this year, but my position remains that Purdy is more a byproduct than a star quarterback in this league. And I think he's going to have a really tough time here against an elite defense that has spent the last two weeks preparing for this huge spot. So in a game with a total of 37 and a half, I, th- you know, I think seven and a half is, is probably fair, maybe even a little low. But given the fact that the line keeps moving and this contest, you know, the contest is, is likely to take the free line value here and the 49ers might be popular. I think this is a solid contest spot for Cleveland. DP, you are also taking the points. Tell us why. I mean, I agree with what Brett said. Brock Purdy, you know, I think he's, as Brett said, very much a byproduct of the situation that he's in. Not that he hasn't been good. He has been. But this, I think, is a bit of a different animal here. This Browns defense has been very good. I'm not sure I can recall ever seeing Brock Purdy play in any sort of bad weather. Like, I, I feel like he's just always playing in nice, crisp weather, just like he's playing in nice, clean pockets back there behind the San Francisco offensive line. And listen, to be honest, with the way Deshaun Watson is playing, how worse can P.J. Walker be? I mean, let's be serious here. Deshaun Watson has been absolutely atrocious all season. DTR ain't it. We know that. And if we think P.J. Walker is better than DTR, how much lower can he be than Deshaun Watson, who has been abysmal all season? I think this is a great spot for Cleveland, backed basically by their defense, and that's it. I think the only way Cleveland covers in the spot is if they somehow hold the Niners to like 13 points. 17 points. That's the only, that is the only outcome in which the Cleveland Browns cover this game. Because the San Francisco 49ers are an absolute wagon. 
And I agree that Purdy in bad weather is something to to see. We'll see if he can remain as crisp as he has. But so much of the Niners' offense is built on run fits and run looks that I think they would be just okay. Even their explosive plays are scheming guys wide open. So even weather and wind won't have as much of an impact as it would be for a different team in a different system. I don't know. I I thought the look ahead on this line was on this game was stupid. If this was a Sean in three, Niners would have easily been in my top five. Um, but with this quarterback change, it's getting it's getting real wonky. Uh, Mo, where are you at on this? I feel like you were cold on the Niners, but here you are clicking the Niners, laying the absolute wood. Yeah, I don't know what to do, man, because, yeah, it, this is just regular pro quarterbacks are having a tough enough time moving the ball on this Niners bunch, but at the same time, I do trust this Browns defense, so, I mean, this total is so low. I think this is the lowest of the season so far. Um, yeah, I just... I, I, I'm like you, Rich. I just, as soon as, as soon as rumbling started, I grabbed a 49ers ticket because I felt like, I felt like Deshaun wasn't going to play. I don't know what's going on there. It's a very weird situation. I'm happy that with my minus five or whatever I grabbed, I don't know, man. I feel like Cleveland, this should be a spot where Cleveland is so pumped, especially on D to like not be the first team that doesn't get trucked by this Niners offense. We should see an awesome game from them. So at the same time, any backup quarterback versus this Niners defense is terrifying. And it's, I don't know if I, I just can't, I can't bring myself to do it. So I just want nothing to do with this game, but I don't know. Do you guys actually think people are going to lay the, the wood with the Niners? I think they might. Yes. There was a couple I mean, the spots where they laid a lot of points life. last week. I think it has to get to nine, nine I think it has to get to life. I think it has to get to ten, though. These are all useless mm. points right now. No, no, not. I think if it gets to nine, people will will be good with that. I mean, it's the combination of it being a, a point and a half off the contest and the Niners crushing people all year. Like it's that that, that combo, and you got a backup quarterback on the other side. P.J. Walker had games where he looked decent last year, but then he also had games where he did absolutely nothing. Yeah, the, I think the oh, larger sounds sample like is that... sounds like Deshaun Watson. I think the larger sample... No, P.J. doesn't meet the threshold to play quarterback in the league. I think th- the larger sample Does is... Does Deshaun that, right now? This, well, that's what, what I'm are, saying. That's what I'm saying. I thought this line was insane on the look at What are the rumors and rumblings around Watson? Did it, is he just quitting on this team? I have no idea. Why this would is, he? This is, I'm so bad. This team is good. I don't because yeah, he's I don't a weirdo. What, yeah, what you, that might what, be it. I mean, that's maybe, the only and thing. If that's, if that's the case, then maybe the Browns are just better off without him. Like, I, well, why isn't I, Kirk I Cousins? What, why isn't Kirk Cousins on this team then right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they did just pay Watson a gazillion dollars. All right, we move on to another split game. The Washington Commanders travel to <laughs> nope Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Brett, once again, has the highest opinion on this game, and it's on a dog, and it's on the Commanders getting two and a half points. This is a point off of the look ahead. The Falcons getting some love after their big win last week against Houston, and of course, the Commanders getting a downgrade after getting smacked by the Chicago Bears in front of the entire nation. So, Brett, why are you on the comms? Yeah, it's a weird spot because 
just last week, we liked the Falcons as short home favorites against the Texans. Same spot here against a team that probably should be rated worse than the Texans, but I kind of like the other side in this one because of the matchup. It's Desmond Ritter against a team that can get to the quarterback, and that really is it for me. This is I don't like this matchup at all for the Falcons. I don't like laying points with them to begin with, uh, and I just I, I think the Commanders. I think this line should be one and a half or one. And I like the commander's uh, money line in this spot quite a bit. I just don't, yeah, I, I, I don't like laying points with this Falcons team. Mo, your priors are back. Falcons are trash. <laughs> You're on the commies. Yeah, so pretty much what Brett said, honestly. Uh, I also thought this line should be one. Um, commanders do come in with some extra rest. And we also know you got to bet the team that looked the worst last week. Dude, they got destroyed by the Chicago Bears on national TV. If this isn't a max effort, everything at the wall game, I just don't know what to do. But I also think, so the way the commanders got wrecked, obviously, dude, Emmanuel Forbes got embarrassed last week. I felt bad for him. He weighs 45 pounds and he had grown men just shoving him aside and not getting OPI flags. But uh, <laughs> I had the pair. So, I mean, I had the over. I mean, these were all good situations for me, but I still felt like he should have maybe got a couple flags on those big plays. Um, I just, what, who, I don't know. They're not going to throw the ball, right? Like, that's the thing. Are they going to take advantage of this Washington secondary, which I've been low on since the beginning of last year? I don't know. They looked a little more willing to throw the ball last week for sure, but um, I think when the Falcons have their top thing wrecked, they're probably going to struggle, but you know, they did do well last week, but that's also why I want to sell them. After a good game, Desmond Ritter's best game of his career. Same thing I said about Zach Wilson last week, though, and they came out. How'd that work out for you? Absolutely wrecked uh, the Broncos, so Maybe I'm not on to something here, but um, yeah, Washington, it is a little bit of a better matchup for them, I think, than uh, <clears throat> what what Atlanta had with, with Houston last week. I, I thought that was a good spot. I also just want to fade like a team like that that I don't like that was in a good spot last week. TP, you're higher than me on the Falcons, so talk about them dirty birds. Their defense is playing really well. I think we've talked about the Atlanta defense every week so far, how they're pretty good overall better than i think a lot of people expected offensive line looks good too i mean i'm not i don't have the 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 utmost confidence in desmond ritter but they kind of showed something last week maybe they're willing to air it out a little bit maybe arthur smith is going to put his quarterback in position to attack the team the way that they need to attack them and in this case it's throwing the ball against this horrific commander secondary so maybe they do that so I don't know ultimately I don't want too much to go with this game but I don't know it just tells me that I feel like this should just be the Falcons being able to like win this by three not not that it's like anything special but yeah I I do feel like when that stuff is on tape though it's going to be harder for them the next week if the next team is more prepared for it because like Nobody could have imagined they were going to come out and throw for 330 yards or whatever that was, or even try to do that, or ever even dream about doing that. And they did it, but I think it caught Atlanta, I mean, uh, Houston pretty flat-footed, you know? I don't know how much credit we can give to this Washington staff, though, because they were absolutely pants by the Bears. So I don't know how much credit we're giving them. I didn't love this game. This cap just basically came down to Sam Howell on the road against a good defense, and... 
don't love laying the points. I don't know if the Falcons are a good team, so I don't love laying points with bad teams, but, you know, had to click aside, ended up clicking Atlanta. These next two games, I don't think anybody really has an opinion. I think Mo actually has the largest opinion on, on this game as the Panthers travel to Miami to take on Miami and the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Mo, I think your opinion on the fish here is the biggest of the bunch. So what makes you so confident laying the wood here? It's 13 and a half, so we're getting a half point of value as as opposed to the 14 in real life, but that seems like it's a predictive action by Circa that people are actually going to put real American dollars on this Carolina team. I feel like people have been. Like <clears throat> I think this line was 14 earlier in the week. Um, yeah, this is just basically... I don't think people are realizing just how bad this Carolina pant. This is the this team is thirty two of thirty two. They are the worst team, and the Dolphins against bad teams are gonna win by thirty every time they can. If they can win by thirty, they will. Okay. The only thing that stopped them last week was a ninety five yard pick six, or they would have beat the Giants by thirty. This is the same thing, dude. Like. What are the Panthers going to do? Bryce Young has not gotten a first down outside of garbage time basically this entire season. So what is he going to do up against a Vic Fangio coordinated defense? And I promise you the Panthers aren't going to get many stops in this game. I mean, I, I had some hopes for this defense. They're not good. Like Detroit destroyed them and they had multiple key offensive players out of the game and it did not matter. What are the Miami has a way better offense than Detroit. Miami has they might have the best offense. Somebody explain to me why this isn't going to be 38-14. DP you're laying the points of the fish too. Pile on. I don't really have much to add. I mean, <laughs> they beat the Giants by I don't even know how many points last week, 20 or something, and it was like somewhat sketchy. Yet it was never in doubt that they were just going to blow that team out. It was so weird. I mean, so I don't know. I feel like that was Miami's falter and they still won and covered by a mile. So if that's their falter, I mean, they're going to, they're going to destroy this team. I mean, I don't like, I don't see how the Panthers score any points. I just don't. They're horrible. Brett, I'll let you take the stage because you and I share the same sentiments about these double digit lines moving forward. And yeah, just, just take it away. Yeah. Don't ask me to cap these <laughs> games because I, I, I'm done. Like, I, I don't know what to do with these games that are above 10. Like, I, I'm done thinking about them. I don't want to waste my time on them. I don't care. They're not going to be in my card. They're going to sit. The last two weeks, I put these games at the very bottom of my card because I just, I don't know what to do with them. And I, I lose every single one, apparently. I just take the dog and then the, the favorite covers every single time. So maybe I should be looking more closely at them. But I just, yeah, I don't know what to do with these 13, 14, 15 point spreads. My brain definitely turns to mush when I start looking at these these double digit games. Like the monkey with the symbol who's just banging it. Like that's what my brain is when I'm when I'm trying to cap these double digit games. The the only thing I had here is that Mo, you brought it up. Bryce has been moving the ball in garbage time. There might be a lot of garbage time in this game, and the back door could potentially be open. And while the Carolina defense has generally been bad, they have a pretty massive matchup in this game with Derek Brown up front against a backup center, which could be a bit of a game wrecker. But the Dolphins are just so talented on offense that if you told me that that didn't matter one iota, I would absolutely believe you. So let's not expend any more 
brain cells on this game. And let's move on to another double-digit spread for, for Brett. The Bills make me wanna Brett, why are you taking the points with the Giants here? <laughs> Did he freeze? <laughs> no, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Who's playing quarterback? Is Daniel Jones playing quarterback? Who's playing defense Stop. with the Bills? On, I don't you're know. You're on the day ball revenge game. That's all you care about. Just There's say it. so much revenge. Not only that. If I'll tell you what, if Tarad, Tarad is revenge? starting on Monday, on Sunday night, I'm gonna I'm going to that game. If it's Tarad and Dayball <laughs> against McDermott, I will be there, and I will be on the Bills side heckling McDermott the, the entire Bills way. Make me wanna. Let's go Giants. If it's Tarad and Dayball, let's go Giants. Wow, that's amazing. Shove it right in their face. <laughs> I've got nothing. wearing my wearing my Tarad jersey. I've got, I've got nothing on this game. The the Bills are a mash unit. I don't know who's playing defense for this team anymore. Can the Giants exploit that with Tarad and this team? I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Like is Saquon? I mean, I don't know who. Like who's the who's Giants are the Giants? also a mash unit. I mean, yeah. their, their whole team is hurt too. I've got no idea. You know what these two games, these two games are just, they're just live betting opportunities. Watch a couple series, watch the flow of the game, and then maybe bet something live if you've got a feel. But pre-flop, Mo, I've got no clue. I've got no clue. Yeah, like I want to bet the Giants, but I just don't know if I if have the guts was, to pull the if trigger. If this was any other team playing against this team coming back from London with absolutely no That's defense. pretty much how I feel. All these injuries coming back, it's the worst spot ever. But it's the Giants, dude. They. I mean, this feels like a low special. If the Giants are so th- many this points. bad normally, and these injuries, how bad are the backups? Yeah. How bad are the backups? I have to trust Buffalo's backups. I feel like more than the Giants. I just have to. Yeah, Buffalo. I mean, it's not like they embarrassed themselves against Jaguars. I mean, ETN started ripping off some runs later in the game when the backups were in. I will say. The run defense did look quite a bit worse down the stretch of that game. Um, but, man, I just don't know if the Giants can do anything positive on offense. They are so unbelievably bad. I was a little bit tempted to put them 32, but I just can't put anybody worse than Carolina. All right. Those are the split games. We'll take a short break, and then we won't have any Lone Wolves. There'll be no music. He likes Star Wars. <laughs> How about that? It's a throwback. <laughs> That'll be our our musical interlude. Who is that? Uh, is that Mar- Conley? What's he doing now? Oh, Chris, Chris Conley. Conley. Chris Conley. By the way, that movie's actually kind of fire for like a college production. Guys, look up Chris Conley's Star Wars movie. <laughs> he made it while he was at UGA. It's actually kind of good. He plays for the 49ers? No. Practice squad? That's what this says. Huh. I didn't think he was in the league. You know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of times in the news, someone who has a cup of coffee with the team, if something happens to them, if they pass or like they get into like some kind of controversy, they'll be the headline, you know, ex NFL player, you know, does such and such. And my mother in law always sees this and they'll be like, oh, he should be like, oh, did you know John Doe? I'm like, no. <laughs> he, he, he was on the Texans practice squad for one summer. I have no idea. He was the he third was. string center. <laughs> exactly. Well, how many rings is this going to be for Conley? He must have had one with the Chiefs, right? Relax. I mean, this it makes sense. I googled Kyle Shanahan Star Wars, 
And I got articles saying Kyle Shanahan bummed he couldn't see Star Wars. Kyle Shanahan's family forced him to go see Jumanji over Star Wars, and he was bummed. So, yeah, this explains Connolly on the roster. He likes Star Wars. <laughs> Man, that's so good. All right, back Is Donnie to being dead serious right now? I can't even tell if he's trolling. I'm 100% serious. Yeah. Google Kyle Shanahan Star Wars. First yeah. two results, buddy. <laughs> I don't think Donnie's that good at improv. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles travel up I-95 to take on a look ahead of six and a half that has now turned to a full seven despite a bit of a sketchy injury report for those Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, these are all consensus games and we are all on gang green donnie you are the lowest on the jets so what makes you worried about having new york in this i mean ultimately i don't really know how any points are scored in this game so give me the seven but the biggest fear is that the jets put up zero and and the eagles put up like 20 and then they cover so that's the biggest fear here so for me i thought the move to seven was actually quite fair I'm very afraid of what Zach will look like against this Eagles front. But then today, a random DNP after being a full participant all week. I hadn't seen him on the injury report in previous weeks. Jalen Carter suddenly misses practice with an ankle injury after being fully healthy, which this is just insane. These interceptions, Mahomes just handing it to the other team. Uh, this is huge because Connor McGovern is awful at center. Uh, the, the middle of, of I think the Jets, everyone's going to be looking at this AVT injury uh, at tackle, but I think the Jets can, they play so much 13 anyway that they're going to do a fine enough job protecting the edge. That's kind of what they're schemed to do. But interior pressure is what will really kill Zach. And if you're telling me Jalen Carter's not going to play in this game, I think that's a huge swing um all the things donnie said are correct uh we've got a low total here which continues to come down it's all the way down to 40 you've got 15 mile an hour winds 23 mile an hour gusts a chance of rain uh, gonna be ugly in the meadowlands which which mo what do we always say variance favors the dog so don't love it but i think with some of these injuries plus the eagles get the dolphins next week you know just try to pack it in get to next week Brett, you're the one that seems to be more optimistic on the Jets. Look at this Eagles schedule coming up. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a a house of horrors uh, for the Eagles in the second half. Brett, I feel like they might have the toughest eight-week stretch you will ever see coming up. Brett, I feel like you've been the most optimistic about my Jets, so I'll go to you next. Why'd you click angry? Yeah, I think the Jets are fine. This number feels high to me. When, When you look at last week, and don't get me wrong, I thought Eagles minus four. I thought that number was wrong. And that's why I liked the Eagles last week. But they were only laying four last week on the road in LA. This week they're laying seven at MetLife, where you actually have a home field and fans in the stands against a team that I have rated similar to the Rams. Like I feel like these two teams are pretty much the same as from a market perspective. So I don't think this should be any higher than like six, six and a half. So 
Yeah, and the Jalen Carter injury does matter, so I do like the Jets here. One last note, this is definitely a free game for the Jets. If they were to win this game and go into the bye at 3-3 three and three after Aaron Rodgers snapped his Achilles four, game, four plays into the season, that would be a massive boon for this team. And I've seen the way Salah coaches, and I've seen the way Zach plays in these kind of free roll games, like against the Chiefs, where they just kind of let it loose. And that might work, because... A lot of the times, the, the Jets are kind of holding themselves back. We see it last week, 0-5 in the red zone. No team has run run-run pass as a sequence of offensive plays after first down more than the Jets. So you just got to let the kid make mistakes, you know? And especially in a game like this where you got literally nothing to lose but the game, you might as well just let them fling it. Colts at Jags. <laughs> Pressing all the buttons. Anthony Richardson is back on the bench after being injured. This time it's injured reserve. Could be up to two months. Hope the kid gets back soon. Gardner Minshew is in for the Colts. This comes down from five and a half to four because of Gardner Minshew? Or people worried about the Jags coming back after spending two weeks in London? We're all on Jacksonville. Donnie, once again, you are the lowest, so I want to take your temperature. Why are you worried about the Jags? I mean, what if they're just not that good? What if these defensive improvements that we're seeing from Jacksonville ultimately aren't really what they are and they revert back a little bit? So could see a little bit of that. Also, maybe the travel ends up biting them in the ass. But like I'll mention as another game we're going to talk about probably later, I don't know. This feels like a fine travel spot. As long as they got back right after the game, you know, the next day or whatever, which I'm assuming they did, and they did. So not a big deal, I don't think. Yeah, it should be easier coming back, right? Because if anything, it feels like a night game as opposed to when you go to London and it feels like an insane time of day game. Brett, you're the highest on the Jags laying points here. What you got? Yeah, this line looks short to me, and I think it's, again, we hold... As a collective, we hold Anthony Richardson in a higher regard than Gardner Minshew, but the market doesn't seem to see it that way. Now, whether it's four or five, I don't think really matters all that much, but still, I I think this should be closer to five. Uh, like, why can't Trevor Lawrence just cover up the secondary? I guess the answer to that is, can they protect him? And that's the biggest question, because this Jags offensive line is not good. It's definitely a liability, but the Colts aren't great at generating pressure either, so... I'm not all that concerned. I think the Jags are a good play here, and it's. It, I'm su- generally surprised that so many people are on the Colts. Yeah, Colts 20th in pressure rates. They don't really concern me. And, Mo, the way you feel like you need to attack the Jags is also by throwing the ball, but throwing outside against their corners. And who are the Colts going to do that to? I know Josh Downs has looked good, uh, the rook out of UNC, right, or Duke, UNC? Yeah, um, North Carolina. But yeah, I just, I don't trust Gardner Minshew to chuck. And this is kind of one of Donnie's rules when he said, Gardner Minshew coming in cold, you know, chuck him in there. That might be a good thing. But Gardner Minshew, the starter? Mo, I don't know if that's something I want to buy into. Yeah, it felt like when people prepared for him, honestly, he did pretty bad in the past. So Donnie might be onto something there. Um, Only thing that honestly scares me, and by the way, I think this is, uh, producing uh, mistake. Uh, nobody can be lower than me because I, I had the Jags as a one-pointer. Um, but 
I will say uh, the spot is a little bit iffy for the Jags just between the travel and coming off a huge win. And <clears throat> this is the Colts' basically last chance to like push the, for the division, I think. I know it sounds crazy to say that, but they already have a loss to Jacksonville in the bank. So if, if they lose this game, it would be extremely difficult for them to compete for the division. So uh, this is pretty much it for them if they want to have a shot at the division and probably the playoffs. So this is a massive, massive game for the Colts. You're absolutely right. I've amended a future game to make sure, because I was doing this thinking that you were going to be actually playing poker and not losing flips, my guy. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, that makes sense. The next game, Lions. <laughs> Travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. The Bucks are also coming off the bye. This was a three look ahead. Opened at three. I'm still seeing threes, but Circa is predicting a bit of a move because they hung the hook in the contest. It is three and a half. And despite getting the worst of the number, all of us are lining up to take Dan Campbell and the Lions. I'm the lowest on this game, and it is... Are you? Are I don't think you could be lower than me. I think I think I actually got this one right. Well, sounds like there's another producing mistake, or maybe a mistake by me, because I'm on the Bucks. Oh, I'm also on the Bucks. As am I. Oh, Oh. hey, Hey, we have a loadable. (laughs) Pause the music. Pause the music. We're all in the Bucks. I, I knew there was no one <laughs> So here, here's, here it is. Here's what? Fix it. <laughs> well, I think the Lions are absolutely the right side. I think they're going to... I think there's a good chance that they go out and beat the piss out of Tampa Bay. But everything I know about sports betting and picking games in professional football, I can't do it. I cannot... And this is before the number change. Even at three, I couldn't click the lines. I just physically couldn't. My first note is this is a gridiron gamble <laughs> staple. I, I mean, it, this is just like I, I'm not really sure why I'm clicking the bucks. I just know that that's the side you we take in this spot. I just I hovered over it and I was supposed to put an X next to one of the teams, and I physically couldn't put an X uh, next to the lines. Look, the lines are better at everything. And I think one of the things that hurts the Bucks a lot is coaching. And they're just absolute stubbornness to refuse to throw the ball on early downs. They just love putting themselves in second and nine. Nobody loves second and nine more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They even somehow convinced Brady to do it. Even Brady was turning and handing and putting himself into second and nine. So... I don't know why the Bucks would be competitive in this game. I don't know why the Lions wouldn't wash here, but I just know that I can't click. I just can't physically click the Lions, so I click the Bucks. Who's the highest on the Bucks? It is DP. You're the highest. You just. <laughs> I mean, basically what I said, and then also the fact that you know, what if there's a little bit of wind? This is outdoors, golf on the road, outside. Like that's a spot we always try and fade. You know, going back to this being a a special thing that we always just do in gridiron gamble. Like I don't, I don't know. This this seems like a little bit too many points to to be honest. Feels, if I'm the Lions, this feels like Westworld. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but DP is reverting to his core programming. Like he can't, he <laughs> it just clicked in his brain. He has to click the dog in the spot. 
Mo, can you it's offer true. any any analysis other than you must click <laughs> the Buccaneers here? The Lions are looking good <clears throat> against these god awful teams, but I, I don't know if the Bucks are really a bad team. To be honest, uh, they they might be fine, and they're coming off the bye here and. At home, I mean, this is a. I don't think the line should be three and a half. I think it should be three. So, I I had this at three initially, and then I'm looking at this Lions injury report, and I'm also not that enthusiastic about what I'm seeing. Um, multiple uh, critical pieces, particularly in the secondary. Brian Branch has been kind of a monster for them. He hasn't practiced, and they already don't have good corners. So. Tampa Bay is going to have a pretty big advantage with their wide receivers against these cornerbacks, I think. I think this basically just comes down to whether they can block Aiden Hutchinson. Because if they give Baker Mayfield time, I think he can beat this secondary uh, with these receivers. So, And yeah, like Donnie said, dude, Jared Goff is significantly worse outdoors on the road. So I think it's a good spot for the Bucks at three and a half. I, I, I think the line should be three. The hook is wrong to me here. But I, my only worry, I guess, would be if this is still just sitting three out there, all the I mean, is everybody going to take Tampa Bay? I don't think so. I think people love... I don't think anyone's clicking Tampa Bay. <laughs> people love this Lions team. So if anything, they'll just stay away. Brett, you've done so much nodding. I was just going to move on, but I feel like I need to give you a pulpit. Yeah, I mean, laying points on the road with the Lions just it still makes me queasy. <laughs> like, I know the makeup of this team is very different than it was two years ago, but man... Minus three and a half against a team that's already won three games out of four. Like they've beaten three professional football teams already this season, and coming off the bye, that's asking a lot from the Lions uh, against this Bucks team. So yeah, I, I, I'm with Mo. I think three is the right number, and may, I mean maybe it should be even shorter than that. Every member of the collective broke a cardinal rule in this next game. Bet the team that looked the worst last week. Well, the Chargers, the Chargers certainly couldn't have looked worse last week because they did not play a football game. However, their opponent, the Dallas Cowboys, nobody looked worse than them. No, I call, I call, I call your bluff. I'm calling. What do you I'm got? calling your bluff. What do you got? Patriots. The Patriots. No one looked worse <laughs> than that stupid team last week. The Patriots week. were definitely the worst. <laughs> Their only saving grace is that people only saw like four plays of that game on red zone. Whereas the entire nation saw every second, or at least before they fell asleep on the East Coast, mostly every second of that Niners slobber knocker on Sunday night football. But we're all on the bolts. <sighs> this number's just stupid. I don't understand this number. DP, you're again the lowest. So what are your concerns here? This this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I have it really low. I don't really know what to make of this game, to be honest. Like, the Chargers could just totally charge this and get destroyed by the Cowboys, who they have sucked, but they do have potential, right? I'm not so sold on the Chargers defense. Like, this isn't a really a Chargers home game, even though they are home. Like, so I'm just, I'm just worried overall on, on the, I guess, the Chargers being the Chargers at the end of the day. But I don't know if. You really want to put a gun to my head? I, I probably got to. You got to just bet the Chargers money line, don't you? I mean, what? Like, I don't really understand. Why isn't this just a pick'em? I don't understand. Why are the Cowboys laying points in this spot? Team coming off a bye, purposefully resting a player like Eckler because they know they were heading into the bye. Get him fully healthy back here. 
against the Cowboys team that I know they looked awful last night, but it's a tough travel spot. I don't know why they didn't just stay in Oxnard. Like, why did they fly to San Fran, then fly back to Dallas, and then fly back to L.A.? That seems unwise. Um, a defense that's hurt? I think this Diggs injury, we, we started to see some of the effects of it last week. Chargers offense, that can certainly press the, the issue there as well. Brett, this is your squad. This is the Bolts. Not shocked to see you on Los Angeles. Well, I'm confused. Like, I want to love the Chargers here. Off the bye, getting points against a Cowboys team that got embarrassed last week, but the number didn't really move off that game, which is very interesting. And I've said it many times on this pod before. When a number confuses me like this, I need to spend more time looking at it. I can't just, I can't give the full cap on Thursday night. So that's where I am right now. And this one very well could end up in my top five if bosa's status is looking better on friday or saturday i think he makes enough of a difference that it would push la la into my top five but i don't know what to make of the eckler thing either like my unpopular opinion is that the charges makes them worse (laughs) i think he's i think they're better without eckler i honestly do like they just they rely way too much on him when he's on the field throw let herbert throw the football down the field and obviously the the mike williams injury sucks but i still think this is this offense is better when they're throwing it Mo, put a pin on L.A. I don't understand how the Chargers aren't, like, minus one here. Ooh. I am. How do we know? Why are we certain Dallas is even better than the Chargers? We don't. How can we know? The, char- the, or the Cowboys have not done anything besides beat really bad teams that they put in a negative script with early sacks and turnovers. Like, dude, this offense, anyone who is like me and owns multiple Dallas Cowboys in fantasy leagues... They're not doing anything. This offense isn't doing anything. How? Why is the market so sure they should be road favorites against the Chargers? I get that the crowd is going to be 70% Cowboys fans, but is this still the Chargers off a bye, sitting around at home, healthy, healthier than they've been at least? I mean, I don't get this line at all, but at the same time, the market is just telling me like, Yes, of course the Cowboys are better. So I'm, like Brett, I'm baffled by this one. Well, the other thing I'm thinking about here too is like, what is the contest going to do with this? Aren't aren't there going to be a lot thousand of people on, each on side. the Chargers here? You it's think gonna so? Be a th- it's going to be a thousand on each side. One of the, it could be it could I'm, be one of those games. I mean, the Cowboys, in theory, should carve this Chargers defense that is 25th in EPA, can't stop a nosebleed. But to they most points, we haven't though. we haven't seen it, but. They also haven't needed to, right? Because they've gotten up by a million points, still fourth in EPA off turnovers. So they've just turned in and handed to something dowdle and just and then they, the game away. But but when they have tried, they embarrass themselves against Arizona and then they embarrass themselves against San Francisco. So I'm just like, what if the Cowboys are bad? What if Kellen Moore mattered way more than Anybody wanted to believe. Kellen Moore revenge game. All the trick, literally the trick plays will be emptied against the Cowboys. Oh, and, and speaking of coaching, Mike McCarthy, this is true. I haven't been ball sacked. Mike McCarthy has not left the facility this week. So you know. Who cares? So you know they're going to get absolutely waxed. You know all that effort is going to be totally for naught. And they're going to get waxed on Monday night. The last 
consensus game that will not be making the card. We go back to Tottenham. In that number, short version this week, where the Baltimore Ravens, God damn it, are laying four points against the Tennessee Titans. And we're all betting on if it wasn't the Patriots and if it wasn't the Cowboys, the team that looked the worst last week was the Baltimore Ravens. And we were all, do I got this right? We're all laying the points. I don't want to screw this up. I'm very nervous. We all have the Ravens. Laying the points. Guys, I wanted to love Baltimore in this spot. Last week, we've got guys, professional wide receivers, dropping touchdowns. We've got, you know what happened on that play when we were doing Stream of Conscious and we talked about that that Zay Flowers? The wind took that ball, Mo. It just, at the end at the end of the ball path, the wind just... It was kind of a moon ball, so I believe it. Yeah. Just multiple massive plays left on the field, and then Lamar does the Lamar thing where he just he just makes two massive mistakes. But against this Titans pass funnel, Titans with no explosiveness, Derrick Henry looks more washed as every week passes. Ravens get there immediately in London. I mean, they've just been hanging out at Hotspur Way, taking pictures with, with Big Ange Pastacoglu the whole week. Meanwhile, I think the Titans are flying tonight to London. Everything is pointing to the Ravens pantsing Tennessee on Sunday morning. Mo, you're the lowest on Baltimore here. I'm probably too low on Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying makes sense. Uh, for for Baltimore, yeah, I, I like the matchup of their passing offense, I guess, against Tennessee, I think they should be better than they've been, and I do kind of want to buy them off what should honestly be the worst game of the season. But I also did kind of feel like this line might be fair. Uh, I'm not sure what to do with this Titans team on the road, to be honest. I I, I feel like there might be some kind of home road split going on here. They have been so, so much better at home. So I'm worried about them traveling uh, even farther than they've been when they keep going on the road. So uh, I did kind of feel like this line was fair, though. So I I don't know. You guys tell me why it should be Ravens, I guess, because I am kind of leaning that way. Brett, this is kind of a computers game. Baltimore, six in net EPA, 1.3 net yards per play. Titans, 20th in net EPA, negative 0.3. Yards per play. The computers are telling us that the Ravens should be bigger favorites in this spot. Yeah, the Titans are bad, guys. Like, I know we all love Vrabel, and this team gets up every week, and they fight more often than not. They cover. But when you face... Like, when they face off against a good football team on a neutral field, I just think there's there's too much talent to overcome here. The Ravens coming off that weird loss in Pittsburgh that the market has certainly baked into this number. I, I I don't know. Like, how can we dock them for that game last week? It was just, it's so strange. Baltimore's healthier now than they've been since week one. Huge additions to the starting roster on the offensive line. Marlon Humphrey was back last week. He got toasted by George Pickens, but obviously he's an upgrade to that defense. I don't, this to me just looks like a great get right spot for a far better team that 
is just looking to put last week far behind them. I'm with you, Rich. I think the Ravens just roll. Donnie, finally a team listened to you. The Ravens got back to the facility. Monday morning, they went in. They got their ice bath. They got their treatment. And then they got on a plane to London immediately. They finally listened. Yeah, I mean, listen, maybe I'm just a sucker for the travel stuff here. I I think that that's huge. I I know many of us on this podcast have traveled overseas a ton. And that jet lag can suck. I can't imagine having to play an NFL football game with like within that 48-hour window when the jet lag can just smash you in the face. It seems insane that these billion-dollar franchises are doing that. So I got to hand it to Harbaugh and the Ravens for getting out there on Monday, getting acclimated early. I can only think that it gives them an advantage. Like Mo said, I'm really high on this Ravens passing offense in this game. Also think that they're going to be able to run the ball. I know Tennessee has been better on defense against the run, but Tart is injured on the offensive line, is DMP the past couple days. Simmons is, is still like limited in practice, so I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of him. Is he going to be 100%, 100%, et cetera? So, you know, you got the Ravens passing game, which I like. You also got the running game. You also have Lamar. Lamar is a running quarterback. He can get after it, too. I don't know. I think that this could just be an absolute roll show for the Ravens. If so the, Simmons is banged up, that would be big for sure. I mean, yeah. he's the best player they have by a large margin. Yeah, I think margin. he was DMP yesterday, limited today. So it's one of those things. Yeah, he's trending in the right direction, but is he going to be 100%? I don't know. We'll see. And it's also a thing where he's been getting treatment all week and now he has to sit on a plane as opposed to just sitting on the plane and then getting treatment leading up to the game. It's it's Yeah, I think Brett brought that up for the Bills and dude, everyone for the Bills got hurt in that game. Yeah, it just it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. So the consensus picks that did not make the card. The Jets, the Jags, the Bucks, the Chargers, and the Ravens, four home teams, one designated away team in the London game. All right, strap in. It's time for the card. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, fire. Brett led the way last week at 4-1, and 15-9-1 on the season for Minotti. And he'll start us off with another consensus pick. And indeed, the team that looked the worst last week. Yeah, this one checks all of the collective boxes. No team looked worse than, New in- than the New England Patriots last week. And you never lay points with bad teams. I don't care how bad the Pats have looked in the past two weeks. You cannot convince me that the Vegas Raiders are a better football team. So why are they laying three coming off a short week? This makes absolutely no sense. Look ahead here was one and a half. This should never be three. So I like a bounce back here from Mac and Ramondre Stevenson especially too. like get this dude involved again. Let him make some plays Open up some downfield opportunities for Mac Jones against this miserable pass defense. This one is very simple. Patriots are better at football. The market is down on them. Somehow the Raiders are favored by a field goal. This is Patriots money line. Get this terrible Raiders team out of here. (laughs) What an awesome rant. There's only one box that it doesn't tick, Brett, and that's that the contest is showing three and the line hasn't reached three yet. Are you worried at all that people 
will be lining up to take Bill Belichick smacking one of his former assistants across the face. A very popular narrative. I I guess a little bit, but at the same time, like who's lining I up to this. take this Patriots team? Though that's the thing. Yeah, even if they are popular, like we're five and zero, oh, and if Look I if Brett. there's a spot I really really Look like, I Brett. love this dude. I this is the this is such a beautiful people spot. gotta catch us, man. They we, right. they we ain't gotta catch no one. That's right. Mo looks like he's having an aneurysm over there. Mo's watching his two teams play at the same time right now. I can't oh, even the, imagine what he's going The Braves are still the in. The Phillies just out. keep hitting solo shots. Oh, I thought the Braves were already out. No, they came back and won that other game. Oh, wow. Something Not going to win this game if they have one run all day <laughs> like they keep doing. Dude, the Patriots have played a really rough schedule, and this is a nice reprieve for them. I'll say that. Fourth toughest schedule today. This is definitely to date. terrifying. Fourth toughest schedule to date per DVOA. And yeah, the Raiders, man, the Packers played so poorly on Monday. And the Raiders did everything they could to not only let the Packers stay in that game, but at the end, instead of getting a, again with this most obvious fourth down go situation, and this idiot messes it up again. This Another Cardinal collective rule. This is the week for the Patriots getting off the schneid. DP, I'm very happy to see the collective is aligned with you on a New England game. I mean, yeah. Listen, I'm the number one Bill Belichick detractor. I had to turn on the New England radio shows this week after those two losses. And all it is is talking about how they need to fire him. I mean, it's it's so bad. It's like... It's like uh like it's like Jimmy Johnson was at the Dolphins. Remember it was just a disaster. I mean it's getting so bad. I refuse to believe Bill Belichick is going out against Josh McDaniels of all people. I just refuse to believe it. He's going to game plan this one. What does Bill Belichick do every single time the other team has one good player? Max Crosby takes that player out of the game. He will he will make it work. Okay? He will make it work. It's not going to look pretty for the rest of the season, but this this game, this is the week, as Rich said. Get Take all the money that I gave you last week when I said you have to have a Jaguars money line ticket. Put it on this game. Money line. Right here. Money bet line Patriots. That's what we got to do all day. <laughs> yeah, WEEI has been calling for, for Belichick's head for probably a good solid 12 months now. This... Kadarius Tony throw that just happened in front of my eyes. If all 11 Broncos were covering Patrick Mahomes, Kadarius Tony would have still tried to fit that pass in. There was no way he wasn't going to try to throw that ball. Luckily for him, it was knocked down. DP, you are up next. Three and two last week. You've got another dog. This one getting a touchdown who do we got and it's my third pick as you told me earlier because we got to go a bit down the card i got the cardinals plus seven getting a touchdown playing this rams team that ultimately i think the cardinals is going to be able to score with i don't think the cardinals have shown me enough that tells me they should be laying or be getting a touchdown against this rams defense who i think is just kind of a straight over team at this point like just all the points all day I think this Cardinals team will be able to score with them. I think they'll be all right. So I've got two competing things bouncing off in my brain. Of course, these are, again, all consensus picks. 
When I first started capping this game, and after watching the Rams in the first half last week, I was like, man, Sean McVay's back. They ran 100% 11 last week. Cup and Nakua is a real combo. Nakua is is basically Robert Woods incarnate. It's actually spooky to watch. Tutu Atwell, speedster. Doesn't he in, wear the same number too? He does. Yeah. It's it's eerie how, how similar they are. But then I just kept looking at this and I can't lay seven points with the Rams. I can't do it. I think the cards are fraudulent. I don't think they're as good as they showed. And Brett and I were all over it last week as a bounce back spot uh, for Burrow and the Bengals. But I just, seven is just way, way too many points. Brett, what are your thoughts on having cards plus seven here? Yeah, last week was the it's gone too far week, right? I think that applied to both the Bengals and the Cardinals last week, which is why we love that game so much. But the markets really come back on the Cardinals. Is it too much, though? I couldn't get to seven on this game. I thought six and a half was more than fair. Rams haven't been able to stop anyone. And Arizona has been surprisingly effective at moving the ball and putting points on the board. And even if the Rams jump out to an early lead in this in this game, I feel fairly confident in Josh Dobbs' ability to, to backdoor and get some points late in the game. So, yeah, I, uh, I like the Cardinals quite a bit. And this could be one where injury kind of helps us. Like having no James Conner forces the cards to drop back and throw it a bit more. Uh, I did see Marcus uh, Hollywood Brown DNP, but it was just mud butt, so he'll probably be back and, and have be no problem. So yeah, seven points is is a bunch here. Mo, what are your thoughts before we move on? My thoughts are that I'm terrified of this Rams passing offense against this Cardinals secondary. God, they are so dreadful, dude. I mean, they were facing one human being who could hurt them last week and that man had 200 yards (laughs) honestly thankfully uh the rams do not have anybody close to a stalton as jamar chase we need something dennis gardeck to get three (laughs) sacks here all right because ain't no other way they're getting a stop yeah definitely need to get some pressure on uh old man stafford there all right my turn i have another dog Another team on the road. It's a double sounder game. And another team coming off the buys. We have the Seattle Seahawks plus two and a half traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. On our initial recap last week, I was a bit excited. I asked the boys, is Burrow back? We waxed poetic a bit. We said maybe. And then I looked at the box and then I looked at the game. And boys, I'm here to report that Joe Burrow is not back. That long pass to Jamar Chase, wrong leg, entire arm throw, and thankfully Jamar Chase was completely alone on an island because if those are your physical mechanics and you're making actual tough throws, it's not going to happen in pro football. I can promise you that. So I think this, this calf injury remains an issue for Cincinnati. They're very optimistic about T. Higgins. The guy's got messed up ribs, so even if... Don't say messed up. Broken. Yeah, broken. E- even if he's man enough to play, I mean, that's one... He's one shot away from missing another month, so I, I'm not as bullish as Cincinnati on, on T. Higgins' participation in this game. And then you've got the Hawks coming off the bye, 
a spry secondary. I talked a lot of crap about them early in the season, but that might have just been McVay and and something Puka. At, at the time, Puka was a something. Now Puka is like a good player, and I think that's pretty much been proven. So I'm not as down on on the secondary. They're finding extremely creative ways to get um, their rookie involved, like putting him in the box and putting him in the slot and blitzing him against the Giants. That was all really cool stuff. It's fifth in pressure rate. So if Burrow's under pressure, if Burrow's feeling hurt, if the Bengals only have one person, if Joe Mixon looks completely washed, why aren't the Seattle Seahawks just going to win this game outright? (laughs) Love the Seahawks money bet line this week. Love them as a teaser like as well. Mo, pylon. Yeah, what I would add to your analysis, which I totally agree with, and I love the matchup of this secondary facing off against this very, I, I think, I like, I know Higgins might play. I feel like it's a flip, honestly, if he even goes. And then, like, dude, they have the horses to match up with Chase. They do. They can just not get him. I mean, dude, Arizona doesn't have anybody who can face off with Chase and not embarrass themselves. Okay, Seattle does. And yeah, they're getting pressure. And then the only other thing I would add, this could be a great contest play because of the number. I don't know if people are going to take the Bengals, but I don't think people are going to take the Seahawks, knowing that they can just not get three when they could just go bet three and then just go pick some other team in this spot, you know? I think the Bengals might be... Sneaky popular because it is short of three. And they saw them go out and win last week. Especially if Higgins plays. This is one of those where like I kinda hope Higgins plays, but it's definitely but it's kind of limited. Yeah, that's a Brett special. Brett is over there praying for T Higgins <laughs> to get out there. Let's go. Cause I I don't think it's gonna matter. Like this bet because well, I mean we haven't talked about the weather. Like this is supposed to be a weather game too, right? And And the Seahawks have a way better rushing offense. For sure. And, you and know, the Bengals can't stop anyone for the rushing defense. So mm-hmm. I mean, let's go. Yeah, Bengals yeah. I have these two teams sixth in rush defense EPA. Yeah, dude, I have them back to back in my power rankings. I don't know if Seattle isn't better than Cincinnati. I think they are better right now, which is why this line is baffling to me. I think this should be closer to a pick. And I already have I have Hawks money line in my account already. And yeah, I love this contest too. Man, I'm gonna be doing so many money graphics when I have to edit the show. <laughs> I feel like I've pressed it like six times. I we have moved, a lot of money lines on my account this week. We move to Mo, who once again, he cannot quit. The Chicago Bears, once again. Is that what I did? <laughs> I was thinking I had a different one, but I only briefly looked at the... Okay, yes, I see that I do have the Bears here. Yeah, I really like the Bears. Um, I just didn't know they were getting on the card for me. I thought it was Houston. Um Spoiler alert. Honestly, guys, this is another money bet line. What if the Vikings... Okay, what? If, first of all, what if the Vikings suck? Okay, they might really suck now. Like, I know that they were a good team in terms of, like, yards per play, whatever. They had turnovers. Some negative variance for sure. Maybe they should have been closer to 500. Okay, now they don't have their alien who is literally just, like... Th- this is, like... Justin Jefferson for Kirk Cousins is like how Odell Beckham made Eli Manning look like a reasonable NFL quarterback again when he was completely toasted. Without Justin Jefferson, 
what is Kirk Cousins going to look like? Okay. And I don't even know. I think I've been, I didn't get to dive into the injuries too much, but I heard Jordan Addison is at least banged up. Maybe this would be insane if he was not, wasn't out there. Then you could never, ever, ever put the line three by the Bears. And honestly, this is a spot where I'm like, this could be a locker room mentality. Everybody's ready to pack it in for the season game for the Vikings. And they just like, practically no show in this one i mean dude there's no way justin jefferson is so hurt that they're they're just he can't play for four weeks right i mean this is crazy i feel like the vikings are tanking i really do i feel like they don't care and i think everyone in that locker room knows it and i feel like that's just makes you if that just turns you down five percent mentally on your like preparation or whatever else it may be and you're going on the road in a really really bad weather and you can't run the ball at all i don't know man this is a bad spot for the vikes got the bears coming off the mini buy so for those of you that don't realize how valuable just jefferson is to this offense the minnesota vikings passed for 4500 yards last year another pick in this game unbelievable just jefferson accounted for eight Team hundred forty percent of every yard gained in the air last year went to Justin Jefferson. I don't understand why this only moved a point and a half. I'm quite baffled by this. I honestly thought maybe the look ahead line was I still kind of liked the Bears. Well, that's kind of nutty. I, I don't. I don't even know if the Bears should be. <laughs> I don't know, dude. This The Vikings are going to try to throw. There's 25-mile-an-hour wind. They never run the ball. I mean, I know we don't cap for running the ball that much on this show, but if it's 20-mile-an-hour wins and you don't have any good receivers, I think you might need to run the ball on this. And, dude, the Bears' offense has looked competent for multiple weeks in a row now. They They might be okay now. Like, I know they were the worst ever for the first three weeks, but they've been moving the ball. And what happens when... The number one blitz rate team that is 31st in pressure tries to send extra men at Justin Fields and is in man coverage, and Justin Fields just takes off for 50 yards. What happens then? Or if he just throws a Hail Mary to DJ Moore. <laughs> yeah, DJ Moore just has another 300-yard game. Brett, that's my, my biggest fear, is we don't like to buy teams off of a win, and... The Bears scored 40 points in primetime last week. Yeah, I don't know what the contest is going to do with this game either. I I think this is a fair line, but I don't know. Like, that's where my hesitancy is. I don't know what this Vikes offense is going to look like without, without Jefferson. Because his absence is worth at least a point and a half, if not two, right? Maybe more? Like, I, don't, I don't know. And, I don't know, this Bears... The Bears are anything but frisky, but... Like you guys said, they can score in multiple ways and they can do it quickly, especially against poor defensive units. And we know what the, the Vikings are on defense. So I like the Bears, but I I don't know. I I have question marks about what, what this Vikings offense is going to look like without Jefferson. O'Connell's smart, so maybe he can figure it out. Don't we have enough data to show us that elite receivers are worth like a field goal? How many offenses have we seen go from mediocre to great because of the insertion of an elite receiver and vice versa go from great to poor or mediocre because yeah. you take one away. 
I mean, this is just the Steph Curry effect. There is so much gravity when J-Jet is on the field. You have to scheme everything to him. And even when you scheme everything to him, he still accounts for 40% of the entire offense. Yeah. It's insane. Jeff Benson at Circus said Jefferson's worth two points. I think that might be low, though. That's That sounds about right to me. Two to three points. And this is a point and a half off the look at. So give us the full three. All right. Most spoiled it. Let's get the collective thing. The collective chooses the Houston Texans. Back on the CJ Stroud train. I might as well play it. Texans money bet line. This is telling me this two-point line in Circa, that the New Orleans Saints are three and a half to four points better than the Houston Texans? What? What? Well, they won by 34 last week, so people (laughs) think that was legitimate, and people don't realize that that was not legitimate. They also probably don't realize that the Texans have better coach, better quarterback. At home? Dude, CJ Stroud is doing it. The Texans are legitimately horrific up front. I believe they're bottom 10 in pressure rate allowed. And yet it doesn't matter because CJ Stroud is maneuvering like a 10-year vet in the pocket and delivering. Even last week, I watched every snap of this game because we had the Falcons on the card. Dude, CJ Stroud did not make a single mistake in that game. And the Falcons defense was all over him for 60 minutes. No easy passes, no easy looks, tons of pressure. Guy didn't make a single mistake on the road in pro football. He's 100% legit. And Brett, unless the Saints grow a pair and actually throw the ball against this Texans defense, the Texans are going to win this game pretty comfortably, I think. You know what they need? They need Jameis. They absolutely uh, they need, need Jameis. They need Jameis. This, uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with this line. Like, the Saints have excellent defensive metrics, but they haven't played anybody. They've literally played nobody. The this, easiest like, schedule per FTN. This, like, maybe this will be a big test for Stroud, but it also might be the first real test for the Saints defense, too. Like, Stroud continues... To look very solid against good defenses. Atlanta last week. Pittsburgh the week before. Like you said, mistake-free football. And those games are on the road. Pittsburgh away. Atlanta away in a loud dome. Like, now he's in the comfortable confines and can run checks and change protection. Like, he could just shred here. What's the Texans team total? Fire the over. Let's go. I think it's like 23 or something. Over. 22 maybe? (laughs) Over. You throw any number at Rich, he's going to go <laughs> over. Say over, absolutely. <laughs> Alternate overs. Yes, it's all yeah, season. We get to buy them here off a close loss and sell the Saints as far as, as road favorites off a weird blowout over the Patriots. Like, give me all the Texans here. Love the Texans here. My buddy says uh, those of us who back uh, Houston all the time, we, we, we're, we're Stroud boys. <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, I've heard that. Guy, that's right? the that's the squad we're on. So <laughs> I'm I'm in there. Yeah, Stroud is playing great, and this New Orleans team, I'm very happy to sell them off an extremely fraudulent 34 nothing win, where where the Patriots just quit. I mean. And they and they had nothing as far as like it's their offense still isn't doing anything. They had like four yards per play in that game, dude. I don't know if Derek Carr is healthy. It's funny. Brett was the lowest on this game, and it was uh, <laughs> exactly. You can see look DP Texans. I'm the same as Brett. I have all these money lines in my account this week. <laughs> no spreads. I don't need spreads this week. Well, I yeah, have I went- six underdog money lines this week. Yeah, when all, you get all these field goal or shorter, mm-hmm. might as well just get get the plus money. DP, put a pin on our guy, CJ Stroud. And our other guy, we got to show him love, D'Amico. He's just doing it, man. Yeah, I mean, you you kicked it off, Rich. Better coach, better quarterback. I, le- I legit thought that they had put a plus and not a minus in front of this line. I was <laughs> baffled. I was like, what, huh? I'm so confused. What's going on here? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I really just, I don't know. I'm not high on the Saints team. I think, yeah, they've won some games, but they haven't looked all that great. Um, I mean, you guys pointed it out. They didn't even look that great last week against the Patriots. I, I knew they blew them out 34 nothing, but, I mean, that was more New England just. New England got down early and just said, all right, so, like, like, we're just going to hang on the locker room and the hell with this. Like, it just doesn't matter. I mean, this this spot is great for me. I think I'm with you, Rich. Texans buy whatever they want in a way. I mean, like, let's go. I mean, come on. Texans minus six and a half alt lines. Let's go. I mean, why why not? So the card. Pats, Cardinals, Hawks, Bears, Texans. We we kind of ruined it at the end. Although my, my guy Gino, because it's Mac Jones, Josh Dobbs, Justin Fields, and then Gino. And Shroud. Survivor. For those of you that have, have somehow made it to week six. As we said on a, on a previous podcast, only the nits and the psychos remain in Survivor. Unless you did the, all the second chance Survivors, which I definitely did. Yeah. Because it's so much fun. Get in there, DraftKings or, or anybody else. Or if you got your rebuys, I fired... I fired two rebuys in, in the goat grape drink survivor. This survivor is the best, by the way. You can only pick a team to win once, obviously, but you, could, but you can only also pick a team to lose once. Wow. So you can't yeah, just. Yeah, those are so tough. How can you even get past week 10 in those? It, 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 we, we always have people uh, get close to the end every year. But yeah, you can't just hunt the Cardinals or whatever. Pick your bad team, Giants, Panthers. You got to be creative. You got to basically, you have to look for the best minus three every week, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Mo, you write the column for the lines. What do we got going on this week? Well, there's obviously two free spaces if you have those. (laughs) Buffalo and Miami, probably. Um, You probably should have clicked the Chiefs if you hadn't clicked the Chiefs because they... Dude, the Chiefs have a tough schedule coming up. I mean, they don't have like... It's not like the toughest ever where they're playing like the best of the best, but this is going to be their last very easy game for a while. Uh, unless I, I guess you count at Denver, that, which, that might be, <laughs> which I think leads us to the Eagles. As we were discussing earlier, the, the Eagles have such a tough back half to their schedule that Ooh. this is the easiest game remaining for them. They already played, I guess home giants. Yes. It's going to yeah, be a I while before they have till the end. 
Yeah, this is like last call on Chiefs and Eagles probably for a while unless you do you want to take one of these kind of scary six-point road lines, whatever it is. Uh, I think the Rams are going to be the popular play as far as like non-elite teams. So I would try to use one of the elite teams this week, honestly, because mm-hmm. that's going to be a high-scoring game where we all think the Cardinals have a good chance to cover. So uh, I would try to avoid the Rams, but I think a lot of people will click on them. I actually That's, think the Bills, with, with the outlook of this team and all these injuries, I think you if you can get a dub for the Bills and get out of there alive, I think that might be the way to go, honestly. Yeah, I think taking chalk this week is is really good. I think yeah, but next that's week pending is, you haven't used the Bills. Correct. Well, yeah, yeah, you know. of course. Next week is where it gets really fun because there's like no, there are no auto spots and the Seahawks are like the play. So I think that's where it gets a, a little spicy. Yeah, like next week, everyone is going to use the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. That's why I think home car- home Cardinals. Cardinals. <laughs> I think Cardinals are going to be the survivor play next week. Wow. I need I need to clip it. Personal foul leverage. I have it. I I, I tweeted it out. From <laughs> That's amazing. But I need to put it on the uh, on the soundboard. Yes. That's the pod. Week six. Absolutely need five and zero. Oh. Follow these guys on Twitter at Donnie underscore Peters at Brett Colson C O double L S O N and at Mo Nuara N U W A R A H. Send all the run good to Mo as he competes in the best poker tournament in the Midwest. <laughs> so I've been told. I'm at Rich T Ryan. We'll see you. We'll see you for a recap show because we're going five and zero, oh, baby. Until then, peace.